Isaiah 43 from verse 14 down. And I want to read from the NLT, the New Living Translation. From verse 14, Isaiah 43, verse 14 down. The New Living Translation says it like this. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon. Forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. Verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One. Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I call forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Verse 18, but forget all that. Somebody says, forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to preach to you from the subject, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? This is the word of the Lord this morning that is asking you a specific question. Do you see what I see? I see lightning, I see thunder. <laughs> that is a song, by the way. I'm not just making it up. <laughs> Do you see what I see? Isaiah, if you don't know, Isaiah, um, he is an excellent prophet. And a prophet that was open and willing to be used by the Lord. He was willing and he was uh, available. And he was he voluntarily made himself available to be used by the Lord. He's like, here I am, Lord. You can send me. You don't have to convince me like you did with Moses. You don't have to barter like you did with Gideon. Here I am. I don't care where it leads. I don't care where you, what, what it takes. I'm here. Send me. Is there anybody here like that this morning? I would say, Lord, send me. Here I am, whatever it takes. Whatever, whatever, wherever you take me, whatever it takes. 
whatever I have to do, Lord, here I am, send me. Send me. <laughs> whatever it takes, send me. But we have reservations about this probably. And I want to I bring it to your attention that the Lord is saying, gave me a word this morning to tell the people, I'm going to do a new thing, but you have to see it. I'm starting a new thing in your life, but you have to see it like I see it. Because if you see it like the way you want to see it, it's just going to pass you by. How many of you are praying for a miracle? How many of you are praying for new things? Let me just see by, 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 by your hands. How many of you are believing God for something new? Wow. So this message is clearly very relevant this morning. If you want new things, the Lord says, I'm already doing it. But you have to see it. So Isaiah is this type of prophet. He is this man. And he is saying, Lord, here I am. And we find the people of Israel here in, in chapter 43 in Babylonian captivity. And God himself starts a conversation with them to remind them that they are not going to be in this situation forever. They're not going to be in this situation always. Even though it was their own sin that put them in this position. He says, I'm not going to leave you here. You're not going to stay. You're not going to be here forever. I'm going to get you out. Even though it was your, your own sin that kept you from the promised land. <laughs> you're not going to stay here forever. So God shows up. How many of you need God to show up in your life? Like, I'm so tired of what I'm going through. Tired of what I'm facing and tired of what's happening. I just need you to show up, God. In my life, in, in what I'm going through, in my, in, my, in my finance maybe, in my situation. Just show up. Just show up. Just show up. Just, just, just show me that you are the Lord. Like he says in his word, I am the Lord, your redeemer. I am the Lord, king over Israel, their creator. I am your Lord. I am your God, your redeemer, your creator. I made you. I am your Lord. Yeah, but I need you to show me that you are my Lord. I just need you to just confirm with me a little bit. Just show me that, that you are my Lord. Just show me that, that you are there, that you are watching over me. Just show me. I need you to show up. And God always speaks with, with confidence and assurance. And he always some, somehow has this, this way whenever he speaks. He just has this confidence. And when I read this text, I picture Liam Neeson in Taken. I picture that guy. I have acquired a certain set of skills. I will find you. And I will kill you. I picture that guy. This is how God comes across to me. He's so confident in what he says. He's so strong in what he says. So let's go back with that in your mind. And read the text again. Verse 14. Down 
It says, this is what the Lord says, Redeemer of Israel, for your sakes, I will send an army. I will send an army, forcing them to flee to those ships that they are so proud of. Uh, those little boats that they are so proud of, sailing across water that I created, by the way. Verse 15, I am the Lord, your Holy One. You know, if, if God had to stop right there and just say, I am, that alone just shifts the atmosphere. I am, full stop. It changes the atmosphere. It's a statement of truth, but he doesn't just say, I am. He says, I am the Lord, your God. I am the Holy One. I am Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path by the way, through the sea. In verse 17, he says, I called forth the mighty army. I invited them here. I called this army. I called this army to put fear in you. I called this army to teach you some things. I called this army so you can go through some things. I called this army. What you're going through, it's like when God sent his son be led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. Being led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the enemy. Being led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the enemy. Being led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by by the enemy. Maybe we are being led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the enemy. Maybe what you're going through is still God in control putting you there, allowing you to go there so that when you receive what you receive it will be all glory to Him and not what you have achieved. I wondered why God will wait for Sarai to be over a hundred years old to the place where she couldn't have any children. And then finally, when she couldn't have any children, then God says, now it's my time to step in. Because the Bible says what's impossible with man is possible with God. So as long as I'm trying it and I got it going on, God does not step in until it's impossible with me and until I can come to a place where I can say, Lord, this is impossible with me. I don't know what to do anymore. God says, now I will step in and I will show you my power. What's impossible with God is What's impossible with God is, what's impossible with man is, what's impossible with man is, what's impossible with man is, what's impossible with us is, possible with God. New things. Do you see what I see? And do, do you not? And, and verse 17, let's go back. Verse 17 tells me, 
I call for the mighty army of Israel uh, of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, not you. And they drowned, by the way. I killed them, not you. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlewick. I did that, not you. I did that. Do you not understand? This is Israel's entire testimony. This is all I can imagine testimony service. The people of Israel stand up. And here they are standing up and they're looking. And, and this is testimony service. Where I want to just give honor to God and the pastors and bishops and the elders and all our moms and daddies and the elders too. I just want to give honor and glory to God for what the Lord has done for me. He has been so good to me. Praise the Lord. I just want to, do you mind if I just give glory to God? You know, we were under Babylonian captivity. And I just want to tell you, we were stuck in Egypt, bound for over 400 years. But God, but God, who made a covenant promise with a man named Abraham, which we didn't even met, by the way, and then got us out of the slavery from a man named Pharaoh. He called us out of this bondage and took us out and put us in the middle of nowhere. We thought we were going to die. Backed up by the sea on one side and by chariots on the other side. This God of ours, he split the Red Sea. And he took this wet, soggy ground and made it hard and made it firm and made it dry enough for the youngest to run across and for the oldest to walk across. He made it dry enough and he put a flame behind us to block the chariots, by the way, so that the oldest grandmom could get across on dry land. Come on, Grandma. I'm coming. I'm coming, sweetheart. I'm coming. Come on, Grandma. The chair is going to get us. No, there's fire there, darling. That fire's not going to come and get us anymore. There's a wall of fire. Don't worry. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. And he closed it off and he saved them. And they walked across over 600,000 Israelites. God saved. This is what my God did. All because a man named Moses heard from the Lord and he lifted up his eyes and he looked upon heaven and he saw what God was seeing. It wasn't what we were seeing. It was what God was seeing. And is what Moses saw what God was seeing. Not what we were. Okay, okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's rewind, rewind. The people. Go to Exodus. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay. Go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 14. Uh, Exodus. Okay. Just give me a second, please. My notes just went completely off here. Wi-Fi. Exodus chapter 14. 
Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Labra basa lebra handorobakisa. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Exodus chapter 14. Come on now. Come on now, come on now, come on now, come on now. Praise the Lord. Verse 10 down, chapter 14, verse 10 down. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes. What did they do? Lifted their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. They lifted their eyes, but they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Hey, there's no graves here. Have you brought us out of Egypt into this wilderness, into this place because there's no graves in Egypt? So we know your ways. We know your ways. We see your style. You want to bring us out here to this place because there's no graves in Egypt. So you just want to save some money and allow the water to just kill us and allow the chariot to just kill us. They complained. What did they do? They complained. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it will have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to come out here and die. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Men, shut your mouth. Stop with this negative words, this negativity. Man, just be quiet. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. They were seeing fear. He said, see the salvation of the Lord. Stop looking at fear. Start looking at what I'm showing you. Stop looking at what the enemy is showing you. Start seeing what I want to show you. Start seeing how that contract is not working. Start seeing how I am blessing you. Stop seeing how that thing is not working. Start seeing how I'm giving you favor. Stop complaining. You know what? I had this accident and I had this sickness. Start seeing how I am saving you and I'm healing you and I'm delivering you. Stop seeing what the enemy is showing you but start to see what I am showing you. And see that you will be accomplished today that the Egyptians which you see today you will see again no more. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Somebody say hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and sweat out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. God didn't let the chariots storm through and kill them. When God gets ready to deliver you, he doesn't take consideration of what you have done or what you haven't done. When God wants to deliver you, he just delivers you. He just sets you free because he says, I am 
the Lord. I am your God. If I want to deliver you, I will deliver you. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter the sin of the Israelites. I'm going to deliver you out of Egyptian slavery and captivity just because I am your God. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what you haven't done. Never mind you complaining. But I am the Lord. Do you see what I am seeing? Do you see my salvation? Do you see my healing? Do you see my prosperity? Or do you complain every day about how you are not receiving? Just because it's not going your way. Or just because it's not going the way that you perceived it to be. Just because you're not healing when I needed you to heal. Just because you're not answering when I needed you to answer. God says, I'm already doing something new. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? Do you see what I see? And the Israelites complained and complained and complained. They actually complained against the one person that was trying to help them and save them. I've seen this over and over. You know the saying, don't bite the hands that feeds you. This is exactly what the Israelites are doing. How many times in our lives have we been caught up in this? Where we end up biting the one hand that is constantly blessing you. That is constantly doing for you. That is constantly helping you. But it's the one person that you keep on fighting against. I knew it will go silent there. Because we all are guilty of this. We complain against the one person that's there for us all the time. The person that's trying to get you that job will still complain. The person that's trying to still call you into the office and bless you and help you become a better person. We will go and complain thereafter. Who is he to tell me what he feels about me? Who is she? She doesn't know what she's talking about. Oh, I'm hitting home now, right? Okay, so last week was, was quite deep. Let's, let's, let's stop there. Let's stop there. Let's stop there. And over 600 Israelites, 600,000 Israelites. When you lift your eyes, do you see what the Lord is showing you? Or do you see what Satan wants you to see. They complained because they saw what the enemy wanted them to see. Um, let, let me stop you and say, the wilderness is not a curse if God is the one who has told you to go there. The wilderness is not a curse if God is the one who has told you to go there. The wilderness is not a curse if God is the one who has told you to go there. I wanted to sink in deep this morning. That your wilderness, 
a wilderness explorer I preached this couple months ago, the troglodyte. You remember that? Some of you might remember that. The troglodyte, a wilderness explorer. The wilderness is not a curse if it's where God has told you to go. If it's where God is leading you. If it's where God is, is taking you through. Jesus had to go 40 days in the wilderness to prepare himself for what was to come. For the attack that what was to come. So if your wilderness is so great, maybe there is something even greater around the corner. Maybe there is even a greater blessing that is around the corner. Maybe your wilderness is so big because the enemy knows that the blessing that the Lord wants to give you is so great that you are going to get hundreds and thousands saved and born again because all he is concerned about is the gospel of Jesus Christ. All he's trying to defeat is the word of God and to plunder heaven and to fill hell. But we know that greater is he that is in us and his word is saying amen and his word is powerful so in the name of Jesus he condemns and we have the power to take it by force so maybe your wilderness is so big because there is such a big blessing that God wants to give you that he is preparing you for in the wilderness maybe you are experiencing so much of pain at home and so much of pain in the family because of what God wants to do thereafter he's preparing you for something greater he's preparing you for something even mightier than what you are going through right now don't give up and don't stop and I come against every suicidal thought that has come on your mind in the name of Jesus. That I just want to give up because this life is not for me. It's not what God has chosen for me. I just want to give this up. I come against it in the name of Jesus. And I break that spirit. Because once you give up your life, you have given up that word and that seed that God has put inside your spirit. Yes, he'll receive you up in heaven. But the work of the Lord that you were supposed to do as now has to be passed on to somebody else with a new vision, with a new mantle, with a new hope. He has to start off from the, from the bottom again with a new faith, growing a new person. So why give up? You are the Israelites complaining so easily just want to give up and if you study scripture thereafter go through all the scripture they continually complained all through scripture they complained we don't have any food God gave them bread from heaven from heaven I mean come on guys if this is bread from heaven they still complained he gave them water from a rock they still complained it's like I can imagine God at that point. What more do you want me to do for you? I got you out of slavery. I, I saved your woman. 
out of slavery and Egyptian captivity. I, I, I saved you. I got you out of this. I gave you food. I gave you water. I gave you shelter. What more do you want? Just shut your mouth and get onto the promised land. And about a three-week journey took them 40 years because they complained. A three-week journey took them 40 years. And because it was 40 years, the parents and the grandparents that were supposed to see the promised land died. And their children and children's children followed Joshua into the promised land. Don't kill yourself early and miss your promised land because of your complaining. Stay right there, mom. Stay right there, dad, grandmom, granddad. You might be old. I know you might have so much of knowledge and you might be thinking, you know what? I'm old right now. There's nothing more in me. Just stay right there. Your promised land is around the corner. Never mind people might look at you differently. Never mind you might not get the job that you want and you might have passed your time. Never mind you might not understand social media and the technological aspects of this millennium your life still God has something greater in store for you because there is nothing that is impossible with him if God can do it for Moses if he can do it for Abraham can you imagine Abraham standing in church now over hundred years old and say amen God is a resurrection and the life he resurrected my body and I caused my wife to be pregnant even though I am so old can you imagine now this is not a statement to say oh men you can But let his will be done. Man, my wife had a brother 18 years after. When she was 18 years old. Her mom and her, they were just few years apart, almost pregnant at the same time. This was like almost father of the bride three. And his will be done. And yeah, the, the, the result of it. This handsome dude on my right hand side. Psalms one, Psalm 121 verse 1. Says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Ephesians 1.18 says, open up the eyes of my understanding. Be enlightened. Allow me in my eyes to be enlightened. Open up the eyes of my understanding. In Genesis 22, it tells us about Abraham hearing a word from the Lord to take his only son, Isaac, to this mountain that God will show him. Now this was very symbolic to what Jesus went through. Because this is Mount Moriah that Abraham went up. And if you don't know, Mount Moriah was on the side of Mount Calvary. It was symbolic of him sacrificing his only son 
of what the Father had to do with Jesus. Today, Mount Calvary is a little stoop that you can walk over that is in a church in Israel. So he walks up Mount Moriah, not realizing that he's prophesying 2,000, couple thousand years later to Matthew when Jesus is going to walk up Calvary's hill. He's not realizing that he is getting a word not only for his only son, but he's also getting a word for God's only son. And he's walking up this hill and in Genesis 22 verse 4, it says that on the third day, on the third day, Jesus Christ rose up to life, resurrection, and power, and alive forevermore. Our Lord and King, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, not realizing he is not just seeing what God is showing him, he is also seeing the resurrected King. This was prophetic anointing. And on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place that God was showing him. When you lift up your eyes, when you open up your eyes do you see what God is showing you or do you still see like the Israelites saw what the enemy wants you to see do you see what I see or do you see what my enemy wants you to see because I defeated him but now you gotta keep your eyes on me you can't keep your eyes on the enemy anymore. You got to keep your eyes on what I'm telling you. You listen to everything, what they are saying, what he is saying, what she is saying, what social media is saying, what the report of the doctor is saying. Oh my God. But you have to hear what I am telling you. And my report is good. My report stands. My report is incomparable to any other report. If I want to resurrect your life, I will resurrect your life. Never mind, you might be in the sixth, seventh, or eighth stage of cancer. If I want to resurrect you, I will resurrect you because I am the resurrection and the life. No one goes through the Father except through me. I am all power. And I've given you that power when you receive the Holy Spirit. Somebody shall say, Holy Spirit, come upon me. Holy Spirit, come on me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Maybe we are making the wrong decisions because when we're lifting up our eyes, we are still seeing what the enemy wants us to see. Maybe we need to be in solitude a bit more and open up the eyes of our understanding and lift up our eyes and see afar off what God wants us to see and see what He is showing us. And maybe then we will make the right decision. He says back to the text, forget all that. 
you remember what i did with the ocean you remember what i did with the sea you remember what i did with the egyptians and the chariots and the horses you remember how i was part of the red sea you remember how they walked down across on dry land every one of you you remember how i did that you remember that now forget all that and then i read a bit more further on because you know one book follows the after follows the after and i read through deuteronomy and right through all to deuteronomy it keeps on saying god says remember that remember what i did there you remember what i did here in isaiah he says forget all that forget all that forget all what i did i'm going to do something new but in deuteronomy and all through he's keep on saying remember how i saved you remember what i did there remember how i healed you yeah you remember so no wait, wait, hold up hold up hold up you telling me to forget but you telling me to remember how can i rem- how can i forget when you keep on reminding me of what you did how can i forget lord you see when god says forget he doesn't mean forget when god says forget he means the way i'm going to do it again is completely different to the way that I did it before the way i healed you before i'm going to heal you completely different this time you're going to see a whole new side of me you're going to see a completely different side of me you're going to see a side of me that you haven't even seen before you're going to see a blessing that you haven't even experienced before you're going to see a blessing that you haven't even known before you thought i blessed you so much then you have no idea the new things that i'm about to do in your life can you not see it lift up your eyes open up your eyes lift up your heads and see the salvation of the lord see can you not know it i'm already doing it i'm already started it now you can't see it because you're still seeing you still want to see it the way i did it before no can you not see it i'm already started it i'm already doing it but you can't see it because you're expecting it to be the way i did it before can you not see it can you not know it i already started it can you not see it i've already started it can you not see it i've already started it but you cannot see it because you're expecting it to be the same way I did it before but I'm not doing it before I'm doing it a new I'm doing a new thing I'm doing it in a new way I'm doing it that will go beyond your vocabulary I'm doing it that will go beyond your dictionary I'm doing it that will go beyond your mind mentality I'm doing something new I'm giving you my peace not as the world gives but my peace I'm giving you joy in the morning I'm giving you beauty for ashes I'm giving you love uncomprehendable love I'm giving you joy in the morning that goes beyond the joy that you are feeling I'm giving you joy that will go beyond the joy that you feel when you are alone with him oh let me stay up here 
I'm giving you joy that will go beyond the joy that you feel when you're alone with her. I'm giving you joy that goes beyond that promotion that you have. I'm giving you something even greater. You thought that promotion was great? You have no idea the new business that I'm giving into your spirit. Behold, I am doing something new. You pray for a promotion, but I'm going to be giving you a new job, a new concept, a new business idea. You prayed for a promotion, but I'm giving you your own business. So maybe God is not answering the prayer for the promotion. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because He doesn't want you to get the promotion. He's trying to give you a new idea for a new business to make you the CEO. So maybe you're praying so much, but the prayer is not being answered because it's not the prayer of the righteous. The prayer of the righteous availeth much if my people who are called by my name, by the way, not by any other name, will surrender to me, I will answer your prayer. The prayer of the righteous availeth much. So maybe the prayer that I'm praying is not a righteous prayer. Lord, give me the desires of my heart. Give me what I want. Uh, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 verse 4. But... My ways are still not your ways. My thoughts are still not your thoughts. You think what you are praying for is the end result? I'm thinking thoughts about you. Jeremiah 29, 11. That is beyond what you have right now. It's beyond it. Lebra basa, lebra we receive it right now new things we receive it right now new things new things God is about to show you new things, new things, new things, new things, new things, new things. Anybody here in the building that say, Lord, I knew new, new things, stand up to your feet.